This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to Mariner's Pod. Thanks for being here. The Mariners get a win last night against the Oakland A's. They'll take on Oakland tonight as well, looking for a series win than day baseball on Wednesday. We'll go over the game last night. We'll talk about what's coming up for the M's. Also coming up, we'll hear from Mariners reliever Robert Duggar. Had a chance to sit down with him. We'll also talk with Alex Rivera, the Spanish voice for the Mariners coming up. He just released a new album as well, so we'll hear some of his music coming up. So this should be a very fun Mariners pod today. And what a ball game last night. Mariners get a win 4-2 to two over the A's. A much-needed win after a really rough week, to say the least. Mariners sending Yusei Kikuchi to the mound, and he was excellent last night. Yo, two pitch, high fastball. Did he go? They checked down to first base, and Ryan Willis said he did go. Strikeout for Kikuchi, his third. Two down here in the sixth. Six innings, one earned run, two walks, three strikeouts, a solo home run. That was it. And Kikuchi has really been on a nice roll. You look back at his last five starts, and especially considering you know, Astros in the mix, Dodgers, A's, you know, some heavy hitters offensively. 2.78 ERA in that time frame, 32 innings, 36 punch-outs along the way. Opponents just batting 168 in those five games, 10 walks in that time frame. I mean, he's just been really good. He's been on a roll. Last night, everyone kind of holding their breath as he held his back and left early. But uh, some good news coming out of that. We'll touch on that when we hear from Scott Service and Yusei himself coming up in a few minutes. Mariners also playing some long ball, which was great to see. How about Jared Kelnick with a big wallop? Here's a swing and a high fly ball into right field. Backing up is Piscotty looking up and goodbye baseball. Way out of here to right field. Jared Kelnick with his second big league home run. It hits on the stairway. It's trickling back down the stairs like a slinky right now. It keeps rolling down step after step after step. There's number two for Jared Kelnick. High fives inside the dugout. And the Mariners now lead the A's 4-1 to one here in the top half of the fifth. And what a shot by Kelnick. Kyle Lewis, a serious blast as well. The 1-2 pitch from Montas. Here it comes to Lewis. Fastball swung on, driven deep to left. And just taking a look is Mark Cannon. That baby's gone. Two-run homer for Kyle Lewis. And the Mariners have a 3-0 lead here in the third. Things are kind of dicey in the eighth inning with the ace threatening. Like a walk, a double to drive, and a run. Another walk. Uh, with Eric Swanson on, he would strike out Pinder. He would strike out Loriano. They need Fan Olsen to end the inning. Swanson ready, and the 2-2 pitch, swing and a miss, and a fastball for strike three, and Eric Swanson strikes out the side here in the bottom of the eighth inning, and the A's leave the tying run stranded. Holy smokes, what a performance by Eric Swanson. Mariners shorthand in the pen, no doubt about that, but Montero, Swanson, Middleton combined to uh, just allow one run against Oakland, seal the win 
and the Mariners take game one of the series 4-2 to two over the A's. Heck of an outing by uh, Yusei Kikuchi again tonight. Uh, continues to keep uh, rolling along and putting together a, a heck of a season so far. So, uh, um, you know, I just filled up the strike zone early, had him swinging at the cutter, a lot of balls on the ground. I uh, was hoping to, to get him a little bit deeper in the seventh. Uh, unfortunately, he had a little cramping in his low back. I think he's going to be fine. But, uh, you know, obviously we are a little thin in our bullpen right now, but I give a ton of credit uh, for Montero, Swanson, and, and Middleton, who hasn't pitched much at all, you know, after coming back um, from that bicep issue. And that, those guys did a heck of a job tonight to, to lock it down. And, um, you know, exciting to see Lewis and Kelnick go deep. Um, I think that's what we're, we're looking forward to here for, for many years to come. And both those guys really squared the ball up tonight. I thought our at-bats uh, offensively were good uh, up and down the lineup tonight. We did some things. Nice to have Ty France in there. Uh, he gets a double, and, and hopefully he can start building on that. And as he feels healthy now, you can certainly see the, the bat speed is back there. So um, good ball game. We played a clean ball game. Uh, you know, pitched well, and, and we, we made the plays defensively. So long week. Uh, we hadn't done a lot of positive things on the field. So nice to get a W tonight. Scott, you say we saw him kind of – they showed him in the dugout kind of twisting and stretching a little bit. Was that something he was dealing with? And you, you're pretty confident he'll make his next start? Yeah, I, there was really no issues. I think, you know, leading up into the sixth inning, uh, it didn't say anything through his interpreter or, you know, the pitching coach. To, it didn't say anything to the pitching coach. So, uh, you know, I think he'd be perfectly fine. He'd be good to go his next time out there. Again, just a, a cramping issue in his low back. Scott, the stuff we saw from uh, Swanson there, uh, kind of reminiscent of flashes that we'd seen before. That's the fastball at the top of the zone, tons of ride, tons of spin on that thing. And the slider looked pretty good at times too. Yeah. Sw Swanee's really developing uh, into a, a complete pitcher and instead of like a, a one trick pony, so to speak with that high fastball, the, the slider has really helped him out. I thought he made some good pitches with that. And, you know, the first hitter, he was a little off. Um, and quite frankly, I was a little worried if he was going to find it, but he got back into the strike zone and, and he went right after him, you know, after that. So, uh, it's huge when you can bring guys out of that pen that can strike them out. Um, nothing bad happens on a strikeout, uh, you know, and he was able to to finish off that inning and uh, it was huge, you know, right through the middle of their lineup. It's kind of how we drew it up earlier today was if we were in that spot, you know, in the eighth or ninth inning, Swanee was going to have to go through that, that meat of the lineup and he did a heck of a job. Looks like Pete might've told him to go to the slider a little bit because yeah, everything he was missing was high with the fastball and he used that slider to get down in the zone a little bit. Yeah, it did help some. Uh, I think Pete went out and gave him a little wake-up call. Sometimes that happens too. Um, you know, you, you're going to have to get after it. You're going to have to challenge these guys because they are not going to chase. You know, they're, they're, they're known for being very patient. They trust their eyes. They know the strike zone, so you have to attack them. And he got Swanee back in attack mode. It was a really good visit. And, you know, Swanee, uh, Swanee took, took the advice and, and put it to good use. Hey, Scott, uh, we talked about – Jared kind of doing the right things at the plate prior to the game. You know, how good is it to, hit, to see him, you know, not only hit that home run, but to draw a walk in the first inning as well that sets up that uh, Hanager uh, double? Yeah, everybody, you know, Jared's got you know, a special bat and, and all kinds of tools, but 
you know, becoming the complete player. And, you know, it, 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 it's going to take some time for him to settle in here, but you start to see it coming. I thought the walk in the first inning was awesome. That's exactly what he needs to do. And when you see young players starting to walk and do those type of things, that means they're starting to relax a little bit and they can feel their feet underneath them instead of like floating on a cloud out there in the big leagues for the first time. So all those things are real positive signs. Um, I think a couple of people felt on the, <laughs> on the bench after the first couple at bats, he was going to get one tonight and he certainly did. This was coming from Kyle, didn't you? I mean, you kind of said it the other day that his swing decisions have been good and, and he was hitting the ball hard and it was just a matter of time. Yeah, he got all that one. That's that's vintage Kyle Lewis. You don't need to see him hit him that far to the, the pull side, but uh, uh, you know Montes has good stuff. Good riding fastball. Obviously, he saw a lot of really good split fingers tonight, and the breaking pitch to go along with it. So, uh, you know, Kalu has been swinging the bat really good. We haven't seen the power. We saw it tonight, uh, and like I said the other day, uh, they typically come in bunches. So hopefully, we can see a few more of those here on the rest of this road trip. Scott, uh, you said uh, yeah. um, back on Kikuchi, and you, uh, you are positive for next start, but uh, it might have more time, like uh, not normal rest, maybe tomorrow or something. It's bad. Yeah, but we'll, we'll, we'll see how Yusei feels in the next couple of days, uh, but I would fully expect him to make his next start on time. Hey, Scott, the way he commanded the inside half of the plate, on right-handers, how important is that when he's able to do that? It looked like he just drove that fastball and cut her in on their hands. Yeah, he had it going on tonight. There's no question about that. Get a couple double play balls to, to help him out as well. But, uh, you know, um, again, I don't think say has a set, like, you know, plan when he goes out there and we know he's going to you know trust his cutter but as far as what parts of the strike zone tonight it was the inside part of the zone we've seen last time out there it was more pitches away with the fastball and the changeup. so that's actually a good thing he's got different uh areas of the strike zone to go to um it's very unpredictable so it's a harder idea if you're watching video of him and you say okay this way he did his last outing which i'm sure oakland looked at tonight was totally different so um that's not a bad thing have a little uh you know, don't get so locked in and be so predictable. But uh, he's throwing the ball great. Couldn't be any happier uh, for him. And, and uh, we just got to keep moving along. Game two tonight, 640 first pitch from Oakland. And then Wednesday, day baseball, 1237 first pitch. And then the Mariners come home. We'll talk more about that as we move through the week because they have a chance to take a series against the Oakland A's. Logan Gilbert goes tonight. Cole Irvin will take the ball. Lefty for Oakland has pitched really well, pushed in the rotation because of some injuries they've had on their side. And then on Wednesday, TBD for the M's. James Caprellian will go for the Oakland A's. He's been pretty good as well, pushed into the rotation again because of the same injuries. So should be an interesting series the rest of the way as the M's look for a series win. Now, speaking of the bullpen, we had a chance to catch up with Mariners reliever Robert Duggar. Robert, we've really enjoyed watching you pitch so far in a Mariners uniform now that you have returned to the organization and now pitching in the big leagues for the Mariners for the first time this season. We we have not had a chance to get to know you, to meet you, to speak with you until right now. So first of all, Robert, uh, it's great to meet you and thank you for spending some time with us today. It's great to meet you guys. Thanks for having me on here. Yeah, so if somebody said to me, Aaron, what do you know about Robert Duggar? I would say curveball. Uh, <laughs> we've seen uh, very early on that you've got a 
Great curveball, and you'd like to throw the heck out of it. Uh, first of all, tell us about that pitch, where it came from, and, and you're obviously throwing it now more than it seems like you ever have. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's always been in my arsenal. Um, it was more, I guess, early on, it was more of a uh, show-me pitch, you know, early in the count, get it, give me over strike. Um, but it was never a, a finish pitch or get from behind in the count, get back into the count pitch. And um, even when I was first here with the Mons when I got drafted, I was super fastball slider heavy. And, um, you know, this spring training, we really uh, opened some eyes, opened my eyes to it, that the curveball could be a, a, a better pitch for me. And, you know, it's working out. And so I'm, I'm, I'm definitely on that wave. Based on how you describe the curveball in spring training, it almost makes it sound like the Mariners came to you and said, here's your curveball. Here's what it looks like. You should throw it more. Was it their suggestion for you to go down this path? Absolutely. Yeah, um, they did a really good job. Um, uh, a lot of guys up in the front office, uh, analytics, analytics guys and pitching coaches, you know, they teamed up together and and uh, they gave me like a kind of like a little presentation about what pitches I should be throwing and what's going to ha- give me more success. And um, it's awesome. And it's, it, was, it was great to see. If I would have told you five years ago, you'd be pitching for the Mariners. I don't think you'd be surprised at all. You were drafted by the Mariners. You were on that path. Now, if I would have told you three years ago, you'd be pitching for the Mariners. You'd probably be more surprised given yeah, your absolutely. <laughs> so what has this journey been like back to the Mariners? And here you are in the majors. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm obviously blessed for the opportunity to pitch in the big leagues, especially by the team that drafted me. Um, you know, and it's it's really cool to come back and still see some of that core group of guys that was in my draft class playing in the big leagues. Like uh, when I had to make that start the other day, Donnie Walton was playing third base behind me. Um, it was just really cool. I didn't even know he was playing until I got the ball back from him uh, after one of my pitches. But uh, I saw him, I was like, hey, look at that, man. Isn't that, isn't that crazy how it comes full circle like that? Should, should we not be surprised that you don't know who the infielders are when you take them out? <laughs> like I said, I don't, I don't like to, you know, get too much information before I go out there. <laughs> How many uh, familiar faces were there for you when you came back? I mean, you were drafted by Jerry. That was it. Jerry was here in, for your draft class. Right. When, when you get the call, I mean, you, you get the call from Jerry that says that you're being traded to Miami you're part of the D strange Gordon trade. And then you get a call back from him three years to the day saying that you're coming back to Seattle. Is that surreal? Is that a, a happy feeling? Or had you been in Miami long enough that you'd felt like you were set in roots? What's the, like the emotions like for that? Right. Yeah. Obviously it's a whirlwind. Um, you know, especially in the off season, I was walking around probably a few days without a job and had no idea, but it's always, you know, a, a blessing to go I mean, just be claimed by another team. Another team wants you. And it was, I'm happy it was the Mariners. But, you know, when I came over here, there really wasn't that many familiar faces. Uh, you know, front office, it cleaned out. Um, a lot of staff, a lot of coaches were gone. Um, but I still had a few guys from the main core. Uh, like like I said, Donnie and Felia and all those guys. Um, and it's funny that Woody is now the big league pitching coach when he was my high coach right before I got traded. So it was cool to see that and cool to talk to him when I came over here and finally, you know, reconnect. We got to talk a little bit about uh, your roots growing up. So you're born in Tucson. You're in Pac-12 territory. <laughs> uh, how long did you live in Tucson before before you moved to Texas? I don't even consider myself an like a, an Arizona resident because I was only there for like a year. So I don't remember anything. I was pretty much born and raised in Texas, but 
you know, on my mom's side of the family is in Arizona and then on my dad's side's in Texas. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't remember much. Uh, obviously I was one years old, so I don't, I don't know anything from Arizona, but we still go back over there every now and then in the, in the off season. Who were you a fan of growing up? Oh man. Uh, I had a few. Uh, I was a real big fan of Barry Bonds. Uh, big fan of Alex Rodriguez, Derek Jeter. Um, and then kind of going through like early high school into junior college, I was a big fan of like uh, Timmy Lincecum. I used to kind of model my my game after him. My uh, my delivery is kind of quick and fast paced. I've obviously slowed it down a little bit, but I used to kind of, you know, compare myself to him. Mariners reliever Robert Duggar is our guest. All right, so I'm just going to go on a limb and say that you can crush some barbecue. Is this fair? Yeah, for sure. I can crush. Actually, I'm not really picky, so I can crush any food. So tell me, like, what's the ideal barbecue plate on a day off for Robert Duggar? Ideal barbecue plate. Uh, probably some nice meaty ribs, some good brisket. Uh, I'm a big fan of chopped beef sandwiches, too. So maybe maybe a, a half half a sandwich or maybe a full one if I'm feeling, feeling froggy. Uh, <laughs> definitely got to have the pickles and onions on the sides, too, for sure. Do you feel froggy often? Uh, depends on the day. <laughs> <laughs> like, like if you're going to pitch in the next 48 hours, maybe not. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. But maybe the day after I'm feeling super froggy. <laughs> when, when you're back home uh, and it's, it's the off season. I mean, Texas has got to be, are, are you in Texas during the off season? First of all? Yes. Yes. I just bought a house recently in, in uh, North Houston area. Yeah, I mean, when you're when you're back home, are you? Is there a, a facility for you during the off season? Are there guys you play with that you can work out with? What's the, what's the off season routine look like for you? Yeah, for sure. Um, I have a I go work out at this place called Dynamic Sports Training, and um, that's where I go and uh, lift, and I do all my throwing stuff at the Texas Baseball Ranch, which is kind of a little bit farther away from me. It's about thirty minutes, but um, I've been going to TBR for I don't know since I was probably like 10 or 11. So those, those guys are like family for me. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I've been going there for a while. Now that's like, I was so in, obviously in our backyard is driveline. Right. Uh, like I know Logan Gilbert goes to the Florida baseball ranch. Yep. Uh, Texas baseball ranch is kind of cut from the same cloth as, mm -hmm. as those other two. I mean, this is very technologically driven pitching. For sure. Is it, is it not? For sure. Yeah. 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 Some more than others. I know, I know driveline's super, super technologically, uh, you know, advanced and T uh, TBR is not as advanced as that, but they still have some good stuff going over there. There, there must be a ton of big leaguers that are going there during the winter. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, just, I know there's more, I think there might be more in Florida just so the, where the area is. Um, cause the one in Texas is kind of like in the middle of nowhere, but, um, people still come out and fly from all over the country and, and come out and train. So it's cool to see. If I remember this right, did you make, like during an off season, like a fastball jump of like two, three miles per hour and a spin jump as well during an off season. Uh, yeah. I don't know about the spin jump. I wasn't too, you know, uh, focused on that. Um, but yeah, I made a pretty decent velo jump and, uh, I think it was just because of last year, uh, you know, me ending up getting COVID and like the bounce back period and that, that kind of threw me off. And, you know, I, I think that that off season was a, was a big off season for me to, to get my velo back up. We're talking with Mariners reliever Robert Duggar. Robert, we got to talk about the the stirrups and the rec specs, man. Like you got 
You got you got some Duggar style up on the hill. First of all, you're wearing the stirrups like JP Crawford's wearing the stirrups. Is there but you're telling us that you went to a pitching academy since the time that you were 10 years old. So I was I would have asked, like if, were you a shortstop or something growing up? But you clearly have been focusing on pitching for a long time, but you look like a real athlete up there, Robert. Well, yeah, I mean, I I was a two-way guy all the way up until uh, my last year of junior college. Um and you know. A lot of people, since I go to TBR, a lot of people say it's just for pitching, but they have all kinds of athletes go out there and, and, and train. It's, it's just a, uh, it's, I guess it's like a stereotype just because it's called the Texas Baseball Ranch. It's for pitchers only, but they got catchers and everybody all out there. But, um, yeah, I've been wearing the stirrups I, man, since high school. So it, it's always been, been a staple in my, in my uniform. I feel like the Rex Specs have a um... – there's a certain intimidation when you're staring over the glove, man, you're looking in, you're getting, I mean, that's like, that's next level stuff. When you got that plus a stirrup game, that's strong. <laughs> you gotta be unique, unique in your own way. You know, how much did your time at Texas tech influence the pitcher that you've become now? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, the big 12 was a uh, really, really good conference that year. Uh, we ended up going to the world series and that was the first year I ever came out of the bullpen. Um, I was always a starter then, and that was my first kind of taste and experience of the bullpen, and it, it definitely got me ready for uh, pro ball, you know, getting drafted as a reliever, and that's and that's what I'm, uh, you know, classified to do. So it, it really helped me. There was a lot of talent in the Big 12, and it, it, I think it helped shape who uh, who I was. Robert, it's, it's great to meet you and to catch up with you a little bit and, and learn more about your journey to the Mariners and then back to the Mariners. Uh, we've <laughs> certainly enjoyed watching you pitch, and we really appreciate the time. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Here's our conversation with Alex Rivera and stick around for the end. And we'll get a chance to hear some of his music off the new album he just released. Alex, it is great to see you. Thanks for coming down the hall. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for uh, having me on the show. This has been exciting so far this year with a young team that uh, has a lot of potential. No doubt about that. I want to talk about baseball with you, but first I have to talk music. (laughs) <laughs> did you just come up with an album? Did I see this? Uh, yeah, you did. That is correct. I just recorded an album that's been released internationally and uh, on Sanel Records, which is a local uh, record label here in the Seattle area. Now, talk about being multi-talented. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're calling play-by-play for the Mariners. You're releasing albums. I mean, that's impressive. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Tell us about it. Well, basically, you know, I was uh, born and raised in New York City, originally mm-hmm. a Mets fan. I think we've had this conversation before. And uh, this is the music, basically, that um, the Puerto Ricans who moved from the island to New York City, it was kind of our way of holding on to our traditions and our roots and kind of passing it on to the younger generations. It started way back in the 60s with Pete Rodriguez and Tito Rodriguez and, you know, Willie Colon and Hector Lavoe and all the the staples in, in the Latin market. And uh, as generations have kind of moved forward, you know, it's gotten a lot more electronic, a lot more pop sounding, but still stays in the popular um, kind of market. Um, But I just kind of did a little bit of a throwback where it's more like a 70s type sound. um, And it's been well received internationally. I've got great musicians from all over the world um, performing on it as well. So and like I said, I, it, it was it's my my opus. You know, I wanted mm. to put something out there and, and uh, as a legacy. And uh, I feel really good about it. And it's been well received, which is great. Is this something you've been working on for a long time? Uh, it's been a couple of years and, and it, the release was delayed also because of COVID. Oh, yeah. It got a little harder to get into studios and record. And uh, some guys in Venezuela were doing recording for me as well. And COVID hit them really bad over mm. there. There was a lot of people dying, unfortunately. And uh, 
so it took took a little bit longer than anticipated but it, it's out now <laughs> where can people find it this um, is so cool yeah you can it's on all the digital uh, uh -huh. platforms you can find that on apple music um i have a website that's riverasso.com which is r-i-v-e-r-a-s-o.com and you can listen to it preview download buy a copy it's completely available out there that's so great now when did you start your play-by-play -play journey oh man my play-by-play -play journey besides in the mirror and with my cousins and brothers <laughs> watching mets games um really started here in seattle i was blessed with the opportunity um to come in as an engineer on the Spanish broadcast. Mm. And I came in as an engineer, and uh, my mentor, Amari P. Gonzalez, was the guy that I really learned my cadence from. Mm -hmm. And I equate it to, like, the younger kid that goes to all the older kids' practices mm. that you don't really realize how much they're paying attention and how much they're absorbing until it's their turn to go and kick that ball or, or swing at the baseball. So when Amari left, um, the opportunity kind of presented itself for me and I realized once I started calling the games that I kind of knew what I was doing. Mm. I got some great advice from Rick Riz and, and rest in peace, Dave Niehaus. Mm. Um, took the time to come over to me in the booth and kind of put the armor on and go, just calm down, buddy. You're going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, it, it was it was a little nerve wracking at first, but, you know, just like performing on stage or, or in a studio um, once the mic turns on, it's just, it's time to go. Yeah. Who were your guys growing up as a Mets fan? Oh, man, there were so many. I mean, you know, I was born in 69, mm. so Miracle Mets 69. And then I was in high school when they won the World Series, you know, when they had that that crew over there with Mookie and Keith Hernandez, Hojo, mm. you know, the, the whole squad. I mean, everybody was just a stud, you know, Strawberry, Doc Good, and, like, the, the entire gang was just awesome to watch do you have a home run call i do i do i have a couple actually depending on uh on the situation but yeah absolutely i don't want to put you on the spot here <laughs> but if i feel it, like we've got to hear it if it's the other team it's it's dead silence <laughs> <laughs> that's the best guy <laughs> but if it's in spanish it's uh you know like let's say uh we had a rookie that just hit a home run recently so it's like Aquí viene Kellenek, el segundo turno al bate. Viene el lanzamiento, conecta, batazo alto, fuerte, profundo. ¡Para la calle! That's sensational. I love that. Thank you, thank you. So, that had to be a blast, calling Kellenek's home run the other night. Absolutely, and that guy is just, you know, I don't want to crown him yet, but wow. Yeah. At least the Burger King crown. At least that. <laughs> Couple doubles and his aggressiveness. I mean, even his outs were, were just aggressive, you know, yeah. swings. Uh, yeah, that, that kid's good. I mean, the whole team, man, you're looking at a team that defensively is just solid. They're mm. young, you know, and they're going to be good. They're going to have their their trials and tribulations. Mm. The pitchers are going to figure them out. They're going to understand that they get scouted up here, unlike in the lower levels and that there's more change-ups and there's more variety and repertoire with pitchers, but they'll figure it out. And this is a good group. I mean, Ty France, you got Kellenick, you got Lewis, obviously. I mean, Evan White at first base. I mean, it's just the, the list goes on and on. So you sound pretty optimistic about uh, 
what's what's happening for this club and what we're seeing down the road and we all know who's coming too uh when we look uh you know look at the miners every day and see what's happening down there it's 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 a fun time to be optimistic about the future absolutely and and i think that you know we have to be cautiously optimistic mm. because at the end of the day it's baseball uh the kids are young they're <laughs> gonna right. they're gonna figure it out um but we can't get too up or too down if they lose five in a row we can't get too down over that because these are the things that are going to propel them down the road these are the experiences that they have to get as we all know baseball is a game where if you're successful three times out of ten you're a hall of famer so these kids are going to have to figure all of that out and i think they will if we're just patient with the club they're going to be competitive they score late in games constantly if the pitchers can keep us in I always feel good about this team coming, you know, late in any game. No matter how many times Hanniger or whoever struck out, they're going to find that double or, or that home run in a key moment. Alex, this has been so fun. we got to do this soon again. This yes, is sir. Great to visit. Thanks for coming down the hall. Hey, thank you very much. I appreciate it, guys. So coming up next, Shannon Dreyer sits down with Mitch Hanniger. But before that, as we go to break, let's take a listen to some of the new album from Alex Rivera. Al levantarme comienzo el día y me pongo a componer frases llegan a mi mente con ritmos y melodías con un café en el mesón en verso ya voy pensando mis hermanos afinando tocando la percusión ¡Epa! ¡Hey! Voy enlazando los versos Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.